Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Ashkin in Los Angeles, California, with Roy Cole in Jersey City, New Jersey, and Derek Kessler in Yokohama, Japan. And this is the podcast that boldly goes where no man has gone before, but is also highly illogical, coast to coast to coast. Today we have writer, actor, film critic, Sharice Antoinette, all the way from down the block in Los Angeles, California. How are you doing, Sharice? Hey, I'm good. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Welcome, Absolutely. Sharice. So uh, for our listeners, Sharice uh, and I actually met roughly about 10 years ago this month, this month being July, recording this, uh, at Comic-Con. We were outside Hall H waiting for the panel. The Avengers panel. Yeah. The oh, but we didn't panel. know it was going to be the Avengers panel. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a great uh, reveal. Have you been following the uh, Comic-Con online at all? I haven't. You know, I, it's, um, it's interesting, but I miss the interaction that you have yeah. in panels between fan fans and also um, panelists. But I did partake and, you know, watched a few of the panels, and they were well done, obviously, because mm. they were pre-recorded, but just not the same feeling. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's do uh, it, do either of you? Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you first. I was gonna ask if either of you uh, do the cosplay when you go to Comic Con, like I, right? Because they do that there, right? Well, I play. Yeah, I, you know, I've cosplayed a couple times, but you know, it gets it's it gets kind of tiring because unless you have a hotel like right next to. The convention to change um it could be a little draining because you know you got to take the you know uh an uber back to wherever you're staying uh, but it is fun the, the camaraderie in that uh is a good time um and it's the only time that i feel like you're like 100 percent accepted um yeah. by cosplaying at comic-con so i think that would be funny if like after comic-con you need to get home so you take an uber ride home and so you enter an uber as captain america or something yeah and then the uber driver is like oh shit i'm picking up captain america (laughs) i'm sure that's happened multiple times no my favorite no my favorite is when um i i was at comic-con a couple years ago not a couple years ago like eight years ago with my family uh my parents had come because i had a film playing at their film festival humble brag but anyway um my my mom saw someone like looks like looked like a janitor and she was like asking for directions said no he's cosplaying he's scruffy from futurama (laughs) (laughs) and she had no idea who i was she had no it's like oh he's really good i'm like i gotta look up scruffy now i I forget what character that is he's he's basically the janitor who basically this guy yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, he was a really good outfit. I should take a picture. Yeah, it's a very accurate outfit. Then. You might have just missed it, but we were talking about cosplaying, and Sharice mentioned that one of the characters she likes to cosplay as is Uhura. What a coincidence, because our topic today <laughs> is all about Star Trek. Anyway, we are talking Star Trek. I don't know if you guessed from our intro or from uh, Sharice saying that and from me saying this. Uh, we're talking Star Trek, and I want to know, and I hope we will have some sort of debate about this, or maybe not. I think there might be a consensus, actually. The topic today is, what is the best incarnation of Star Trek, TV series-wise? We're talking the original series, 
the next generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, some people like uh, Enterprise, the new Picard series. Uh, why do you think so? And, and what episode? Discovery. Yeah. Oh, Discovery. That's right. You, I forgot. Why do you think this? Okay, and then I want you to all to say why you think so. And what episode perfectly encapsulates your reasoning? Also, side question, who do you feel is the best captain and why? Sharice, you're our guest. Please start us off. Wow, you know, this is a good question. And you know, it, it, it's changed from uh, the past few years. And now with current events, I and I've been re-watching the series, I've been finding myself more into Deep Space Nine, believe it or not. Um, wow. I feel like that was a really good series that some people slept on because it wasn't on a starship. So <laughs> it was on a space station and people, you know, weren't really attracted to that. It wasn't sexy enough, you know, you're not on a, you know, on a spaceship. Mm. Um, but I, I, I appreciate that show now because they did a couple of episodes that would be relevant today. Um, and one of my favorite episodes from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine would be the past tense episode where it um, involved, yeah. you know, Cisco going to, I think it was 2023 no, or 2024, San Francisco before um, a major event, riots. It was uh, written right before the um, LA riots. Um, mm. And it had a lot to do with uh, social injustice. There were sanctuary districts um, that the pov that poverty was, you know, rampant, and um, there was it also addressed racism. Um, yeah, so I I thought that now it's definitely a good episode to probably rewatch if you ha if you haven't seen it in a while. What's the name of the episode? Oh, the, the name of the episode is uh, Past Tense. Past Tense, okay. It's season three of Deep Space Nine. It's a two-parter. Hmm, cool. I don't. I haven't really had much familiarity with Deep Space Nine, uh, to be fair. I I think I saw it when I wasn't really able to appreciate it. Um, uh, I would think I just I was I really wasn't into Star Trek as a as a child growing up. I I got more into it as a teenager. I saw the movies. I think my first movie of Star Trek was First Contact. That was like my first. Star Trek movie, I think ever actually. I didn't even see uh, uh, Wrath of Khan until years later. So uh, Deep Space Nine was always that series that like I wasn't, like, I didn't, I just kind of missed. But Derek, have you seen it, right? You've seen Deep Space Nine? Right? I have. So, well, before I delve head first into our Star Trek discussion, I just want to say, yeah. personally, I love Star Trek. I realize that some people are more interested in the show than others. So, if you're listening, uh, I hope you either like the show, or at least, or if you're part of this podcast, even. Um, yeah. I hope you either like the show, or at least curious about it and willing to approach it with an open mind. I would mm. say personally, I would maybe say I'm an eight out of ten as far as a fan. My fan spectrum. Um, 10 being an absolute Trekkie who cosplays and goes to every Star Trek event. Um, I've seen every episode of Star Trek ever produced, so I am that much of a fan. Um, I would say, Jeff, you're maybe a 7 out of 10 or a 6 out of 10 on the spectrum. I'm but solid, the real enthusiast... Solid, solid 4. 
<laughs> a four. That means yeah. you you dislike it more than you like it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The real enthusiast among us, though, is, is Roy. Am I right? <laughs> Twelve out of ten, right? I uh, I know of one Star Trek episode because that's Star how many I've watched. Star, did I say? Yeah. People don't say Star Trek. Um, yeah, Star Trek. Some people do, but they're not Trek. fans of the show. <laughs> okay. There. Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> I guess that makes sense because that's the word that's used. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite episode of Star Trek, and also the only episode I've ever seen, is uh, uh, the Trouble with Tribbles, uh, where the Tribbles, uh, uh, you know, they're like balls of fur, and they're just everywhere. And uh, I'm like, that's funny. That's a funny idea. And. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I just, isn't there that one scene where um, uh, he opens like the compartment and they all just fall onto his head, like they start cascading. I think it's the closing scene of the episode. It's what? I think it's the closing scene of the episode. Okay. I'm yeah, a very iconic uh, Star Trek. If I remember scene. correctly, I don't believe the Tribbles were that. They were not evil or anything. They're just kind of annoying. Am I right? No, they were like an infestation. I believe they kept multiplying, and so once you have a couple, it it becomes like this exponential growth type of situation. And so they're they're a nuisance in that sense, but they don't they don't hurt anyone. They just there's just so many of them. All right, classic <laughs> classic episode. And Jeff, I don't know if you remember, but I believe in uh in Mr. Ehrlich's English class, he put on one of the Star Trek movies, Star Trek movies. Yes, the first one, yeah. Um, well, okay, I don't remember which one because I, I fell asleep uh, <laughs> while I was playing. Um, but I, I watched that, well, you know, uh, technically I watched that in class as well. Um, anyway, I don't want to like sort of rain on the parade here. Uh, I appreciate uh the the uh concept of the show um but i guess i was always more of a twilight zone person myself understandable yeah. all right rosen go back in time out uh derek do you want to uh okay well i will say i believe the best incarnation of the show is the next generation Ooh. what um, <laughs> yeah uh however i completely agree with Sharice in that my second favorite by fairly close margin is Deep Space Nine. And there's a couple reasons why I think it's the second best, and there's a couple reasons why I think it doesn't get as much credit as it deserves. Um, mainly because, one, like Cherie said, it takes place on a space station, and so how can they create this interesting Star Trek series when they don't go anywhere? Um, that's probably the mentality that a lot of people have going into the show. The other reason, though, this is important, is the show gets really, really strong as it progresses. So the weakest two seasons, I would say, are the first two seasons. Mm. And then the show kind of finds its groove. Season three gets better, four gets better, five. And then like the last three seasons, I would say, are phenomenal. I think Deep Space Nine at its, at its best is better than a lot of even Next Generation. Wow. And um but it the thing it takes time to to get you have to put in the commitment because you have to fall in love with the characters 
and then watch, you know, ideally you're watching it from the beginning and then you, you get that huge payoff because the writing is so fantastic towards the end of the show. I also think that Deep Space Nine has the best overall cast of characters, including the supporting characters of the show. Um, there's so many interesting characters in that show and the character development of them is so strong. I think part of it is because it's on a space station and they're not traveling in space, they have that ability to develop characters more uh, because the characters are just all kind of living together. And, uh, you know, just to throw off a couple examples, you have like, besides the main cast, which is incredible, but you have characters like Garrick and uh, Nog and Quark and Gold Dukat and Wayun and like all these great characters that towards, as the show progresses, they just, it's just such a, an interesting dynamic between all the characters. And so I also think uh, Captain Sisko is the second best captain. Uh, Avery Brooks, who portrays Benjamin Sisko, is phenomenal. Um, so I think there's a lot of things going for the show that make it uh, so fantastic. Um, I like what Cherie said, that a lot of the concepts, a lot of the themes in the show can be applied today. So um, I would consider it the second best incarnation. Uh, but I have to give the award for the best to The Next Generation. Now, Cherise, I, I think you're a big fan of Next Generation, right? As well, right? Oh, yeah, huge fan. And it's been number one for a while for me. But it's because I'm rewatching Deep Space Nine right now that I'm mm. so into it. But I love Captain Picard. And... Mm. Um, I kid you not, when I started watching that show, um, as a kid, I was like um, into, I started drinking Earl Grey tea just because of Captain <laughs> Picard with a splash of milk because I wanted to be cool like the captain. Um, <laughs> uh, and I also like just the, uh, the cast itself and um, how inclusive the cast was. And of course, we have yeah. Reading Rainbow with Var Burton on that show. And so I, uh, of course, had to, you know, I would watch it every night um, that it was on um, and I also watch it in syndication, even though I own it. So that just says <laughs> how much I really like that series. Um, and it's, awesome. like, it's also it. I like the utopia of it all. That's another reason why I like Star Trek, because I feel like it's where as a country we're progressing to be um, this all inclusive. Everyone's treated equal. Racism doesn't matter. It's another reason why I like the show is because you have you know, black, brown, alien, you know, Ferengi, Cardassian um, on a ship and they're all getting along and no one's, you know, um, and just doing the, doing the work while exploring. So that's right. another reason why I really, I, I really love that show. Um, and my grandfather was the one that got me into it because uh, I used to watch it with him. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. It, it's funny. My uncle used to watch Star Trek and he was the one who got me into it. My parents weren't really really into it. And I remember watching Reading Rainbow and LeVar Burton did a whole episode of, on Star Trek. And he talked about like the behind the scenes and everything. And I thought it was really cool. And I was like, oh, wow. I, I, I don't know why I didn't really process that he could do two things. I'm like, no, he's reading Rainbow. It's not Star Trek. Like, <laughs> it, wait, you can't do both? That's allowed? You know, I don't know. I didn't realize <laughs> you could do multiple shows. Ah, anyway, but um, with that in mind, I, though, didn't, I didn't know he was an actor. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 thought, I thought he yeah. was just a host. Yeah. 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 But um, 
for me, I was also going to say Next Generation, and I was going to say that um, the episode Best of Both Worlds, where Picard gets, well, I don't say too much, and if someone's going to watch it, but just basically Picard gets abducted by the board. If you haven't seen it, it's a two-part episode. It's probably, it's, okay. it's usually considered one of the best episodes of Star Trek of all time, uh, so it's not like a controversial pick. Um, but it is, I think, some of the best uh, writing and some of the best interesting concepts displayed in the series. But I will say this, I have to give uh, Deep Space Nine another, another watch because I really didn't get a chance to. And from what you guys are saying, it sounds like I really got to give it another, another watch. Um, but that in mind, I will also give it another shot as well. <laughs> you really? You have, to, you, have to, you have to wonder if Roy's being serious. I don't know. I, hope I have so. a question. Do they, uh, are there uh, romantic uh, subplots on the show? Does that happen or is it like strictly sci-fi? Oh, oh yes. Yeah, it, it does happen. Yes. It could be soap opera like. I mean, it 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 can it it could go there. Um, yeah, and probably D yeah. Space Nine a little more so than the other shows. Would you yeah. agree? I mean, D Space Nine has a lot of exploration into human relationships, but it it's still very yeah. much um, projected onto this you know science fiction world. But yeah, the characters do interact. You do have some love arcs, um, okay. but. Emotionally deep space nine, you would say. <laughs> That's true. That's what That's I would true. Um, and I, I'll say, so I, I you know, like I said, I, I've seen uh, every episode of Star Trek, period. And my rankings for the series in order of, chrono- uh, sorry, in chronological order, for the original series, I'd give a 7 out of 10. Next Generation, I'd give a 10 out of 10. I think it's a perfect show. DB Space Nine, I'd give an 8. Voyager, I would also give an 8. I think it's very, very close to Deep Space Nine. Um, Enterprise, I would give a 5. Discovery, I would give a 6. And then the most recent, Picard, I would give a 7. Hmm. So, did Charisse, do you agree or disagree heavily with I kind of agree. I, I think I would put Discovery higher than Picard <laughs> because <laughs> I was so disappointed in the last couple episodes of Picard. But um that I, I wanted to throw something at the screen. But um <laughs> but that it's more uh <laughs> narrative choices. Uh but um it was for nostalgic reasons, of course it was just fantastic to see Jean Luc and um you know, of course, number one and uh, back on the screen again. Um, but but I'm pretty I pretty much agree with you with everything else, and it's particularly with Enterprise. Um, mm-hmm. Can I just I have to be honest, I have still not finished Enterprise. <laughs> That's my least favorite, and I probably should finish it if I'm if it can't purport to be a um, a trekker if I just don't finish it. Um, I'll get around to it. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, I gave it a five out of ten, just which is kind of like my interest in watching it. it it's it's kind of like fifty fifty. It's like I don't mm-hmm. really feel. I I think it just it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it is just very bland. I would say. I mean, I think yeah. the characters are not as um, memorable as the other shows casts. Right, and and it's interesting because it's a good cast. So, yeah, they're, they're you know, good actors. I and just, they're good actors, uh, but the material wasn't there uh, yeah. for them to showcase anything. 
And then, you know, and I'm still going to say it, it's one of the worst theme, song, theme songs. So I feel like oh. right, out the, right out the bat. <laughs> so bad. So bad. So right off the bat, I'm like, oh, you know, um, yeah. So I, I agree. But but I think um, a lot of people are easy are easy to discount Voyager. Um, I put Voyager above the original series. To be honest, um, I love the original series. Uh, obviously, you got to give it credit for oh yeah establishing the franchise. But I think a lot of people who consider the original series the best and Kirk to be the best captain are kind of just living in their nostalgia because wow. I think I'm you, look you you got to. The shows that came after it are better, and it's not that I don't love the original series. It I do, but um, part of it was because Gene Roddenberry didn't have the creative control that he wanted to have. There was a lot of influence from the network to make it less of a cerebral show and to make it more, uh, you know, actiony and also have you know, there's a reason. There's a reason why in every single episode, um, there's a scene where this is. I'm talking about the original series, uh, there's a scene where Kirk will inevitably break into a fist fight, you know, with, <laughs> with the aliens of the week. And there's going to be a scene where he kisses some beautiful alien. Yep. Um, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's not, funny. no, that's not what Gene Roddenberry had in mind for the show. That was what the network required him to do in order to attract viewers. Um, there's also the issues with they didn't have the budget that they wanted and they didn't have the right, the writing was hit or miss. You had some very poor episodes and some unimaginative episodes. Um, you have some great episodes. I'll give an example. Um, the city on the edge of forever is a fantastic episode. Um, and, uh, you know, it's about Kirk going back in time and having to decide whether he saves a woman or not knowing that it will alter the timeline and it presents some really interesting issues. And those are the kind of episodes that are really, really great. I think with the original series, but you have to, you have to just speak, you know, look at it objectively and just figure that, you know, the next generation is really what Roddenberry had in mind for the show. Um, it's, It's like his, it's a full realization of what Star Trek should be. It's got um, amazing characters. It's got, in my opinion, the best captain. It's got the best and most consistent writing, I would say, from from beginning to end. Although the first season... First season is not the best. It's not the best. You've got to fight through it. If you fight through the first season, um, you'll you'll enjoy the rest. Um, But I I, I have to say, going to the original series... um, some of the hokiness of it all, I love because <laughs> it's just fun to it's watch. True. Uh, the, the the bad sets and the and the rubber rocks and yeah. um, you know the desert. Uh, how many times they go? You know they're going to go to Joshua Tree and um, also the fight music. Gotta love the fight music. It's you know sometimes I just want that as my ringtone. Actually, I think I'm going to do that after this is over. <laughs> um, and then also. Leonard Nimoy. I mean, yeah. if you, yeah. I, when you rewatch it, because I had rewatched it just recently, you know, last year, there's, he, there's so much depth and nuance in his performance. He's hands down the best actor um, in, the, in the original series. And then also Nichelle Nichols, you know, that, I mean, 
it was a big deal for me to watch that um, with my grandfather uh, as a kid before Next Gen. Um, like, though, no, actually around the same time because I was watching that and Next Gen came around when I was watching that with him. And, and seeing someone that was a black woman on set with a crew not doing anything domestic or <laughs> selling anything or you know what I'm saying? Like it was a big deal. I didn't yeah, see using that. her expertise. Yeah, and actually, uh, yeah, contributing. So uh, it was actually, you know, it was that was basically you know, important for me to watch. And while I'll always be endeared to the original series and Roddenberry for not listening to um, outside voices about how diverse or non-diverse his cast could be, and also, you know, Martin Luther King convinced. Michelle Nichols to stay on the show. She was going to leave. She was going to leave the show. And Martin Luther King said, no, you, you can't leave the show. There are people, you know, this is because he knew how important it was, you know, eventually for someone like myself later on to see this and be like, oh, there's a future for me in entertainment because she's on screen, you know? Um, so the fact that he had the foresight to tell her that for her to stay on the show, that's, I think that's a big deal um, that people, you know, don't really think about. So that's why probably I have more of a like beyond nostalgia love for, for the original series. So uh, we're gonna get to our recommendations. Anything you wanna recommend, a book, a movie, an album? Charisse, please, if uh, wanna start us yeah, off. Yeah, I, I just finished this awesome Netflix series. It, actually, it's Netflix BBC. It was on uh, BBC, I think it aired last December, but then Netflix aired it for American audiences this month and it's a Jiri Haji. Um, it's a very cool, like gangster noir, um, eight episode series that has a predominantly Japanese cast, but it's set in both Japan and London. Um, mm. And you got the Yakuza and you've got like cops. I mean, it's just, it's great. Um, it's that, that's all you really need to know about it. Cause I'm kind of glad I went in just knowing that much uh, because the way the whole, story unravels is is very 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 interesting and intriguing and there's a lot of action and great music and it's basically like manga off the page for me um so i could uh definitely rec recommend that jiri haji which let I me just correct you it's giri oh giri, which giri means haji. yeah giri haji Thank i've, I've never seen the show but j just knowing the japanese word <laughs> That's there Thank for you. you. He's gonna. Uh, you. you know, That's I actually thought, <laughs> I, no, I actually thought it was Giddy, but the only reason why I said Jerry is because in an interview, see, I, this is see, I should just with my instincts, but in an interview, of course, not the journalists don't know, um, so they're asking people. They were talking about it on the red carpet when they had the premiere last year. So, and I was like, but no one corrected them. <laughs> so. That's, yeah. So anyway, my gut, I was thinking Gary and I should get and I should have said it that way. But um, but when yeah. they're on the red carpet, I saw that and like, but no one, they're being really nice then to not correct them on the red carpet, basically. <laughs> well, Possibly lack of uh, information or um, not wanting, wanting to correct someone. But in Japanese, G's are always pronounced G and J's are always pronounced J. Mm. Oh, you had G. I like that. All right. Thanks for joining us today. If you have a question or a comment, please email us at coast, coast to coast podcast at gmail.com. That's coast the number two, 
Coast the number two, and then coastpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next week for part two of our discussion about Star Trek with guest Charisse Antoinette. We'll see you next week.